You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks on the other side of the track, speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app, or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. We're not going to judge as long as you're liking, subscribing, following, sharing. You know the drill. And the same goes for if you're checking us out on YouTube, and hey, if you Stop by the socials, say what's up. If you got something strongly worded to say, you can always hit us up at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the gear, you know what? Start by going to Instagram and looking up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora. She's got more stuff than just rye bread and mustard stuff. You got graduations, you got anniversaries, you got birthday parties, and even if you got funerals, she'll take care of you. Also, you can get your rye bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast gear over there. All right. So if you've seen the title of this episode, we're back with another tacos and tequila talks volume two. Volume 1 was more about like, hey, what do the Mariners need to do? Volume 2 is a bit more of storytelling. We got people that worked at Play Ball Park, Play Ball Ballpark. Uh, we got super fans. We got people that worked at the stadium. We also got some of the street performers. And listen, we got a little special sneak peek of our episode that we're dropping next Tuesday, July 25th with Jim Copacino. And this is the first appearance by Ma Baker, Perla, a lot of first-timers here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. We're going to get right into these stories. I'll throw a couple narrations in the middle of it just to give it a little bit of context. That's it. That's the show. That's what we're doing today, and we'll get back into the Mariners and Twins wrap-up series tomorrow. So I'm going to shut the hell up and let you get into the new episode of the Tacos and Tequila Talks, Volume 2, but right after this. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Leading off this thing, we got Roy Lancaster also known as the Trombone King, down around T-Mobile Park, Lumen Field, and pretty much all around Seattle. He's not exclusive to just sporting events down there, but he is part of the soundtrack 
amongst the other musicians down there, like the Pike Street drummer, I feel like we are very, very, very lucky to have this rich legacy around our ballpark with uh, musicians that, you know, play the highs and play the lows. They play to our emotions. And Roy does an amazing job of this. We've actually hung out a couple of times down there, always talked about, hey, let's do a pod. Um, you know, this is a busy, busy man. He's always playing. I mean, this guy kills it. You know, you can find him if you want to do a little bit of uh, reference and you're sitting there on your phone. You can look him up on Instagram at Life is Music 85. That's L Y F E I Z M U Z I K 85. I'm happy to have him on here. He was taking a break from uh, working during the All Star break, came over to Tacos and Tequila to wet his whistle, which he likes to do. That's his spot. That's my spot. Uh, we finally got to, you know, chop it up really quick. Um, if you're looking for him down there, He's going to tell you where his secret spots is down there. He's going to tell you what his go-tos are when we're winning, what his go-tos are when, let's say, there's a big victory, what his go-tos are to, you know, maybe lighten the mood after a loss. Don't let them fool you. They've had their thousandth win down here at T-Mobile Park slash Safeco Field, but they're, they're sweeping under the rug how many losses they got down there. We talk about that, a little bit about his background, and um, I hope you guys like it. Check it out. What's going on, man? My name is Roy Lancaster. They know me as the trombone king out here in Seattle, Washington, all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana. This is an awesome all-star weekend. I've enjoyed it the entire time. I'm out here playing music for the crowd and just having fun, man. Yeah, and listen, the, you know, the, the brass sound down here around the ballpark has always been a thing from Ed the Tuba Guy. You got you, you got the Pike Street drummer. I mean, what's the vibe like down here for the people that don't come to Mariners games? musically out there on the streets. Man, if you've never been to a Mariners game to come see any of us perform down there, you do not know what you're missing. Yeah. Like, we we literally try our hardest to bring the best vibe to energize everybody before they even go into the events, before they even go in the game. We are, like, literally the pregame for the entire Mariners season. And the That's after party. And the after party for these guys. Like, we're here just to make sure everybody has a good time, has a safe, fun time, great evening. So Always a great thing. What are your go-tos? You like to go, what, what's, your, what's your playlist that you're playing out there on the trombone? Oh, oh, so today I am all across the board. I am literally going everywhere from Queen to uh, DNCE, um, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, even movie soundtracks, the soundtrack from Grease, um, Peaches from the Super Mario Brothers movie, like whatever I see the crowd may enjoy, that's exactly what I go to, so... I what, feed off the crowd. What song do you think is the one that you think gets everybody high? Like, you're like, this is, everybody's jumping on this. There's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen from everybody. Wayne's World. Wayne's, yeah, yeah. Every, and Wayne's World. Everybody knows that song. Like, guaranteed. Across generations. So when did you start playing music? What's When did this all start? Were you young? Well, I was about 11 when I actually started playing music. I was a drummer at first, and that only lasted about maybe a month. And my band director interested me in playing a brass instrument. He was like, you want to learn trumpet? I was like, sure. I played that for about six months, and he was like, you're pretty good at that. You want to learn something else? I was like, yeah. He said, he put a trombone in my hand. And I'm short, and a trombone's a very long instrument. I looked at him very crazy, and I was like, are you serious? I don't think I'm tall enough to play this. And he's like, you'll figure it out. And he was right. I eventually figured it out. So. He did figure it out. You fucking, you run this shit. I, honestly, like, 
it's an understatement when you're like, you guys are the soundtrack of going to Mariners games. You are. You win, you lose. So something's, let's just go through this. The team has a big walk-off victory. What are, what are you playing right off the bat? Oh, my God. Last year when we went to the playoffs, when we first actually, like, our, our winning season last year, that when we clinched it last year, we Are the Champions was the theme song of the night because for the first time in 21 years, we actually got a clinch to possibly, like, go to greatness after so long. Man, it was epic. So... Like usually just celebratory songs like, you know, Celebration by Cool in the Game or Happy by Pharrell. Things that are like going to incite the crowd to be like more excited about the fact of the win that we experienced. So, so a big loss. Mar listen, Mariners, listen, we got some good losses under our belts here. What are we doing when it's, it's a bad game, a sad game? Let it be by the Beatles. Let it be by the Beatles. <laughs> that is a good one. Sometimes it's... It, it, you know how they say, you win some, you lose some. And even on those days when we're down, I'm like, hey, we're still Mariners fan. We're still, you know, we're natives and we're Seattleites. It's, we still have to support our team, support our home team, you know. Absolutely. These are the guys that, that really give us, you know, there are a lot of people out here that probably come to these games, and I see that this is the highlight of their day. Right. Like this might be, they may be, they have long work weeks. They may have responsibilities at home. They may boggle them down. And then they come to the Mariners games and just enjoy the atmosphere of being around all these other fans, enjoying the actual game. And then just to bring a little music, like my my objective as a musician is I don't I don't come out to play music. I come out to play memories. I play a song that I want you to remember as a child or you know as a preteen or as an adult. Like I want to bring monumental memories back to people and be like, oh, he's playing that song that I heard the night I met my significant other or when I reached my biggest success in my professional career and we had a party this was the song that highlighted that or this is the song that I heard when I graduated from high school despite the fact of all the odds I experienced before this I want to be that person to bring memories to people to be like oh wait a minute you just brought me back to a happy place and you're always doing this I want to come back and hear this again I want to see this again. I want this to be part of my experience every time I come and see the Mariners play. So that's like my objective. Dude, you're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry right here. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I was going to say, down here, are there other musicians you know? How does this all work? How do you pick your spot? How does that all go down? Is there politics with it? There is a certain level of politics with it. Um, as far as the Pike Street drummer, he normally sets up in front of the left field entrance because he has the largest setup. Uh, cool and dude. That's the open, you know, the most open space. Yeah, man, cool dude, man. Chris yeah. is awesome. He's an awesome drummer. Great guy. So, like, he usually picks that spot because it's the most open for him for the equipment that he carries. Now, mind you, normally what I may do is I may set up some days on in the middle of Occidental Boulevard, like right, right in the middle in front of the Wamu Theater or in front of Seattle Sausage where, you know, my homeboy Randy runs one of the best hot dog stands on the strip. Might post up in front of him just to, like, engage the crowd coming in or coming out, depends on how how the crowd what what type of game it is or how many people are attending but normally i've actually created a secret spot for myself which we we can't give it up right can you give it up right here on the rye bread mustard mariners podcast if you guys are listening the trombone king post ups in the center field corner underneath the bridge going towards the stadium stop <laughs> at the light rail so if you guys ever are interested 
and seeing exactly what I can bring to the table and what entertainment I bring out. You guys can always check me out there on Occidental Boulevard. For all the Mariners games, I'm here. Yeah, and I know time is money, man, especially when you're doing this game. Thank you for stopping by. Again, put out the socials. Say your name and your game one more time. My name is Roy Lancaster on Facebook, on Instagram. My tag is L-Y-F-E-I-Z-M-U-Z-I-K-85. Life is music85. There's no S's. It's all Z's and Y's. Um, and you can always come to the games and see me there. And now you know where the secret spot is for the Trombone King. You, sh you know, any big event, he's going to be there. I know this summer is going to be crazy for him. So maybe uh, keep up with him on Instagram. Again, his Instagram tag is lifeismusic85. That's L-Y-F-E-I-Z-M-U-Z-I-K-85. Can't wait to talk to Roy again. Headed down to the game, actually, tonight while I'm doing these intros. Can't wait to hear the sounds of Roy Lancaster down there. As we were getting set up on uh, the Home Run Derby Day, uh, Hannah and myself went over to the Play Ball Ballpark, and we were like, let's just hang out here for a minute, and then we'll get back over to Tacos and Tequila. We'll start. I'll, we'll set up. We'll start doing our interviews. But listen, we had so much fun. That place was insane, uh, from the Home Run Derbies to the Hall of Fame stuff that they brought throughout all the exhibits that they had, you know, walking around and seeing like Lou Pinella and Eric Davis and Brett Boone and Jeff Nelson and all these other Mariner and MLB greats. Uh, we looked at our watches that we don't have. We looked at our, our phone, our, the times on our phone. We're like, oh shit, we better get over there. Go over to Tacos and Tequila where we had our reserved area. And so I went to go uh, move my gear around and there was a group of people that were working for uh, or at the Capital One Playball Ballpark. They had their credentials on and they were like oh, so gracious and we're like, look, we, we, we'll move. We'll, we'll finish our, our tacos and our, let's just say ice waters. We're just on break, started talking to them. They actually worked over there, like I said. They were creating hats right in front of you over at the Playball Ballpark. Uh, so I said, okay, well maybe you guys want to do a spot and plug your uh, company. Here's the representative that was talking to us. Her name is Parisa Roosbay. All right, we're here with the uh, Capital One Playball Ballpark. Hey, welcome, and you are? I am Parisa Roosbay. From Gallagher? From Gallagher Designs. All right, well, you are the hat presser, right? I am the hat presser today, yes. So what are you doing over at the Capital One uh, Play Ball Ballpark? Uh, well, basically, the event they have going on is you get you go through first and second base, which is like a batting game, and then some sort of like picture opportunity. And then if you do both those things, you get a hat for free, and we press a patch or a number on there for you. That's pretty sick. Yes. And you've been working all throughout the week? I have, yeah. And then tomorrow's going to be my last day. And then I don't actually work for Capital One. I work for Gallagher, who they hired for the event. And uh, they're a design company who does a lot of freelance design for, like, Super Bowl we did. Lots of Oregon stuff because we're based there. And um, Lady Gaga, some stuff there. Shoes for like Mike Tyson, Snoop Dogg, like that type of stuff too. So you travel around to different events? Yeah, yeah. So like last summer I was at the Worlds in Eugene, World Track Events, uh, and we did like customize for, it was a Nike hired us. We do a lot of work with Nike, because uh, based in Portland. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the Air movie? I actually, it's so sad that I haven't. I haven't. Don't tell nobody you work with that. You I haven't know. seen that yet. I know. How is it? 
It's amazing. Really? It's amazing. If I'm bringing it up, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it is really good. You should do it. You should watch it. That's some of the I, I know. I know. Do. My dad has worked for Nike forever, and he loves it, and it's a great company to work for. Um, I was also going to ask you, so you've done some of these other events. Where does the MLB All-Star Game stack up versus the other events that you've worked? Um, I think this event's pretty awesome. Um, uh... So this one's open to the general public, which is awesome. So we get to work with like a lot of different people. But um, some of the other events, like the ones we did for the Worlds, was just the athletes. So like we would customize stuff like just for the athletes working in the world. So this one's a little different, but I love all the stuff they got set up for everyone. And it seems like everyone's having a pretty good time. Is it all work and no play? Are you able to get around and see the city a little bit? Or? Um, I mean, I'm working 12-hour days, so You're poop. I'm pretty pooped by the end of the day. But... It's been good, like, go out to dinner at night, check it check it out. I've been to Seattle a couple times, like, check out Pike Place. I saw a guy throw a fish. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's your, check off your Seattle checklist with that. Uh, what's the craziest thing that you've seen here? Has anything crazy happened over there or any of your other events that you're like, oh, my God, this is this is too much? Um... Well, actually, a lady who I made a hat for yesterday won a ticket to the Home Run Derby today, so it seems like people are getting, like, okay prizes. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's a great Free prize. ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what's the next event that you guys are going to be doing after this? Um, honestly, I'm not too sure what we have lined up next because we do events, yeah, but then we do a lot of, like, like shoes for the Oregon Ducks, like volleyball team, like just like a bunch of random stuff like that. We have really close connects with Nike and Nike likes working with us just because we've been a really good uh, client for them and yeah. And so uh, you just mentioned that you guys make things for the Ducks. They look like they have a un new uniform every week. They oh yeah, the Ducks, busy, are, right? the they ducks are set up. <laughs> Phil Knight loves that school. He yeah. loves it. I mean, that is that is some work security. Yeah. If you can get your working with Oregon what is yeah. it I would figure down in Oregon they would be like let's reuse things let's let's recycle it feels like a very green state but not the, the not the ducks yeah not the ducks they love their uniforms do you guys do a lot of uh, donation and charity stuff as well uh, we've definitely done some stuff for like high schools in the area like free stuff like that and like uh not that much actually but we should probably get on that and again, what's the name of the company? Gal it's Gallagher Designs. Gallagher Designs. Yes. And again, your name is? I'm Parisa Ruspay. Look, she's out here repping your company. <laughs> she's out here repping your company. Yes. Valuable employee. Thank Valuable you, guys. I love and it. Who's, and these are the other people Yeah, this here is Kira and Carson, and they were ju they're from Seattle, so we kind of just picked them up for this event. But I work for Gallagher pretty consistently. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yes, for thank you. By. Of course. And thank you for giving us back our the, our the media table over here. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes. yes, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Batting third in this lineup is actually a segment with Jim Copacino. This is the guy who he won't take full credit for this, and, he, and he's giving his team credit for this, that created, for my money's worth, favorite Mariner slogans and mottos, Soto Mojo, you gotta love these guys, and all of those great classic Mariners commercials. I believe they did over 150 of them with all the players. We're talking Buner, Edgar, Chris Bazio, Ken Griffey Jr., A-Rod, Ichiro, Felix Hernandez, Larry Bernandez. Well, this is the guy. Um, this is a, just a little tease segment. Um, we are going to be dropping the full interview that's an hour long talking about all those classic moments and how they came about and how it all started and his favorite people to work with, the tougher people to work with, um, all that good stuff. We're going to be dropping that next Tuesday, July 25th. That's going to be Jim Copacino. But we're going to give you a little, little, just a little peek here, right here in the three hole. Here he is, Jim Copacino. What's he talking about? I don't know. You're just going to have to wait and see which one I slip in here. But it all started really in uh, 1990. Remember when Jeff Smullyan, of course, you guys, I don't know if you're. Yeah, I remember. Oh, Jeff. Yeah. He, brought, he brought the Mariner Moose. And... Yeah, Jeff uh, bought the team from George Argers. And Jeff was a charismatic, very successful Indiana uh, radio magnet. He had radio stations all over the country. And he uh, was a huge baseball fan. He always wanted to be a baseball owner. So he bought the Mariners. He came in and he said, you know, the, the kingdom is dreary. The team is terrible. Let's shake it up. Let's have some fun. And his success in radio was largely due to marketing. So he was very marketing-oriented. So we interviewed a bunch of a bunch of agencies, and 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 happily and luckily, we, we I was at an agency called uh, Livingston and Company at the time. He hired us. Uh, that was the start of it. We weren't doing the player commercials then, but we were doing you know some interesting promotions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on to an agency called McCann Erickson, and and the Mariners uh, moved their account there. And that's the first year we did the player commercials. That was in uh, 93. 93. Uh, and a, a guy named John Schofield, who I worked with, terrific writer, came up with this idea called, aren't you glad they play for the Mariners instead? And we, so we went down to Arizona yeah. to shoot four commercials, one with Jay Buhner, one with Chris Basio, one with the Randy Johnson and one with Lou Pinella. And the whole idea was, let's put these guys in, uh, occupations for which they're very poorly suited. So yeah. Buhner, who had a great sense of humor off camera, mm -hmm. but was a hard ass, you know, as a ball player, tough guy. Yeah. Take no prison. So he was like a, you'll get, you guys will relate to this because you're comics, a stand up comic who just is terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we had Randy Johnson as a knife thrower. Yep. And uh, with his lovely assistant, Impalia. Mm -hmm. And uh, Randy was a little wild. So, you know, we didn't show it Especially on early on in yeah. his yes, career. Yes, he was. So, you know, Impelio was, was always in jeopardy. Uh -huh. And then we had Lou Pinella as a, as a therapist mm -hmm. who had no patience for his, for his uh, client's insecurities. You know, it's like, hey, get off your duff, get out there and do something. And then we had Chris Basio, you know, tough, gruff, right-handed pitcher, didn't back down anybody, as a, um, as a ballerina. So, uh, uh, 
Mariners approved the script. We go down to Arizona. First year they were in Arizona in spring training. And we presented the commercials to all the guys. And, and they all liked it. Uh, Buner came in. He said, yeah, that's fun. I'll do that. Lou said, yeah, I'll do it. If, uh, but I don't want to take all damn day. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, okay, Lou, we'll, we'll get you in and out in an hour. I promise. And then uh, Basio and Randy came in together. So we showed Randy his commercial. You know, we had little storyboards. Here's Randy dressed as a as a carnival knife thrower, you know, and, and he said, yeah, that's cool. I can do that. And Basio liked it. And he said, yeah, that's, that's really neat. What do you got for me? And he said, Chris, you're going to love this. You're a gruff, tough, right-handed pitcher who doesn't back down to hitters. What's the occupation you're least suited for? And I show him the picture, a ballerina in a tutu dancing to Swan Lake. And his smile turned to a frown. He goes, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> Meanwhile, Randy's laughing his ass off. He goes, give me that thing. I'm going to hang it up in the clubhouse. And Fazio says, the hell you are. And he takes it and he rips it in half. And he rips it in half again. And it's like, he says, I'll do a commercial for you guys. But I'm not going to do that goddamn commercial. <laughs> yes, sir. We got it. So we go back to the hotel. We have a few drinks. We try to come because we're shooting in two days come up with some ideas. So we finally come up with an idea that, again, the toughness of Basio, but instead of a ballerina, he is a dentist yeah. who doesn't believe in Novocaine. You know, right. Yeah. Yes. So he's, he's pulling teeth from this poor guy. Uh, but there was, uh, and, and, you know, they were pretty well received, the commercials, but there was a lesson there, which is it's okay to have fun with the players, but, but don't make fun of them. Right. You know? right. And that's, that's that line in comedy. You know, a cheap laugh isn't always yeah. a good laugh. Wasn't that good? Don't you want to hear more? Good, good, good. We got you. Uh, check on that next Tuesday. That's right, July 25th. Play the whole entirety of that conversation. Hey, have you ever read The Merchant of Venice? By Shakespeare? Yeah, check this out. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. That's pretty. Ow! The hidden Shakespeare trick. The Seattle Mariners. Ain't baseball great? Works every time. All right, bat and clean up in this is Nolan Stokesbury. If you remember this guy when we were doing our home run derby rap, this is the guy where he and his brother both caught up in the bleachers above Edgar's Cantina, right above Edgar's porch. If you are lucky enough to uh, be Instagram friends with him, there is a great picture of both the balls. Uh, there is a video. There is video footage. They did one of the cutaways where him and his brother caught the ball on the ESPN broadcast, and they're embracing. It is great. We met. Nolan and his brother and his mom over at Tacos and Tequila before we before the home run derby and we're, I'm gonna play a little bit of that and let's get to it. So is this your first all-star game that you're at? This is my first all-star game I've ever been to, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a bucket list item with my brother here. Super oh, yeah. excited. And he's got an Arizona Diamondbacks jersey on. What's that uh, all about? I don't know. It's Randy Johnson. He said it should fit in. He got it for cheap on eBay. It's pretty nice. It's more of a Randy Johnson jersey than uh, Arizona jersey. Yeah, he's, he's been getting people are making fun of him for it, but I'm like, it's All-Star Weekend. It should work. It's been a lot of mixed emotions. And we're walking. Fans keep coming up to us like, why are you wearing a Diamondbacks jersey? Like the 01 Randy Johnson. That's when that hurt the most. I'm just super excited for the home run derby. 
Catch yeah. some home run balls. I can't guarantee we're going to catch one, but I guarantee we're going to be close yeah, to I'm, catching one. I'm going to stop that right there. I know he sounded very modest about that, but he did have that swagger and that confidence. And look, him and his brother had some really good gloves. These guys are guys that played baseball, grew up playing baseball. You know, the ball's coming there. They're going to snag it. Let's get to the conversation, like I said, the day after the Home Run Derby when we ran into them. We talked before the Home Run Derby. You're back. You back. caught a ball at the Home Run Derby. Your brother caught a ball at the Home Run Derby. I mean, where is this on family accomplishments? I mean, Honestly, it's, be up there. it's it's bucket list item. I was I got the tickets a couple months ago, and I told them, like, I can't guarantee that we're going to catch a ball, but I guarantee it's going to be close. And when I caught that first one, we just couldn't believe it. Where were you standing? What was going on? Uh, we were second row above Edgar's Cantina sign in the uh, left field porch. Uh, a kid had just caught a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. line drive to the face. And we're like, holy crap, what just happened? Yeah, I've heard about this. So <laughs> yeah. somebody did get, get caught. The little kid on the field in a little pink t-shirt running around. So it was on the field. It was got... on the field, yeah. Okay. He was. He went to catch a line drive in left field, took it right off the face. His, his, uh, his son got just shattered. We all heard it. We're like, holy crap, what happened? Oh, wow. But then the next pitch came flying and hit. It landed in the uh, the out like the, uh, the section next to us. And so everybody's it, like, what happened? And then they're like, wait, fuck it, here moved, comes another fly We moved ball. right on because the person <laughs> who went to catch that one missed it. It landed oh. in the stairs, and they're on the ground fighting for the ball. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what is going on right now? They're out throwing punches, basically. Yeah. And I look up, and a ball comes flying in. Vladdy Jr. caught it at my ankles. You caught it. Well, you got a baseball background. You, know, I, yeah. you used to be pretty pretty decent at baseball. Yeah, so I played play a little bit. So just quick instincts. Yeah. So the glove you caught it with was the one that you were showing me. Which one was that? The uh, It was the Mizuno 11.25, same glove as Chipper Drones. Oh, yeah. You caught it with the Chipper Drones. Damn, that is tight. So what did you do with the ball when you got it? Like, the, uh, the usher gave me a little... Uh, a piece of paper. He signed it official that I caught a ball at T-Mobile Park. I'm a, a part of the uh, T-Mobile Park Home Run Club. That's amazing. Very prestigious club. Are you Are you in the club? I am uh, catching a home run ball. Home run ball? No, I've never caught a home run ball. Yeah, I, I mean, there's the first one. Wow, yeah. that's, that's amazing. And so you caught yours before your brother caught his. I did, yeah. Okay, tell me about your brothers. And he's I a left-hander. He's a lefty, so he's he was standing to the right... He was standing to the right of me, so he could reach farther, you know. Yeah. And it was it was it was the next round because he caught Randy Rosarena. Oh damn! So, uh, it was a couple pitches in. Randy had hit a couple home runs, and the ball came flying. And and uh, I was like, "Cool, cool, here it comes, here it comes." I tapped him, and it came right in my chest. And I had the ball in my glove, and I felt it hit my glove. And I looked at it, and the ball wasn't in my glove. And I was like, oh, crap, did I just miss this ball, and Colin's not going to get one? Yeah. And I look at him, and he's holding his glove up with the ball in it because he caught it yeah. in my glove. And it, the little lefty cut yeah. me off. I mean, I mean, this is... I mean, this is what dreams are made of right here with the uh, home run derby. It was buckling. It could not have gone better. See, my cousin and I go to go to games. We've been to these things, or if balls come into the stands, my cousin's vicious. And, like, <laughs> if I'm there, I'm not get, Even if it's no. coming to me, he's taking me out. What, yeah. kind of, what, what was the vibe like in there? Like, were you having to box out? Were you having to... 
I was actually worried because I'm pretty tall. I'm like 6'2", and he's 6'4". Yeah. And I was standing up on the bench trying to block people out. And I was worried I was going to catch it in front of someone behind me. Right. Uh, but that, that's the nature of the game. You yeah, know, spiral the fittest. So when I caught it on my ankles and he caught his, like, at his waist, I'm like, it's a guilt-free baseball. We just, it came right at us. I felt bad for the people in front of us because we were yeah. in the second row. Yeah. So what does this baseball look like that you get? Is it is it Mark II on there? Like home yeah, run so derby? Yeah, so it's an MLB official, like, you know, Major League Baseball, official baseball on the, the sweet spot. On the top it says Rawlings. Underneath it has the home run derby, like, logo on it. And you got this on Did you you got this on your Instagram and all oh, that? Oh, yeah, it's on my Instagram, oh, yeah. God. And you got the video, too. What's the Instagram again? Uh, in Stokesbury. N-S-T-O-K-E-S-B-E-R-R-Y. Because I've, uh, I've caught balls, like, batting practice and everything, and those ones got a little bit of dirt on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, they do. This ball was super this clean. This is a pearl. It was clean. I was like, oh, I was surprised, honestly, because... So where's the ball at right now? Right now, it's sitting on my counter next it's to my toaster. Okay. In my glove. <laughs> where's your ball at? <laughs> yeah, this is next to the uh, oven. <laughs> next to the. What are you guys gonna do? Eat these things? You we might got, come home all messed up we from got the, uh, tacos and tequila and accidentally. Oh uh, no, that we thing put they're in our gloves. Like, okay. We got, yeah. All right. We uh we got the little baseball. The uh, outfield usher gave us the card. Like I said, it's like the name, where you were sitting, and everything. So that's sitting with it. We're probably just gonna buy a couple of baseball uh, cases and put it in there. Yeah, you got to do something with it. And you yeah. guys got obviously got pictures. Oh, yeah, pictures we got so many, so many. Yeah, I think we- you should do some sort of collage type thing, you know, like picture, the ball. Yeah, I caught, uh, I caught Vladdy's, and they're coming to town on the 22nd. So I'm hoping to maybe get a field pass and get a little autograph on that ball. Like I caught this shit. Batting fifth, and I should say sixth, because we got two people on here. We got Perla, and we got Ma Baker. Let's talk about Perla first. I had not met Perla until All-Star Week. I'm sitting down at the Play One ballpark. My mom comes over, introduces me to somebody that listens to the show. Well, here's how she listens through the show. How she listens to, how she heard about the show. One, she's a Mariners fan, but two, she's a big fan of Carl Tart, a friend of our show. Uh, seen him in Portland perform. Um, was a big fan of his improv team, the big team, and white women, and uh, listens to his podcast, the Comedy Bang Bang podcast, the Gossip Girl podcast, uh, but also is a listener to the Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners podcast. Uh, We had a fun conversation over there with her and her boyfriend, who actually met through a podcast, which is interesting. Both big Mariners fans, their very first date was, I believe, at a Mariners game. They're really cool people. I believe I also met um, her boyfriend's dad. Awesome, awesome people. Uh, They actually showed up on, um, they showed up one day when we were recording, but we had already, we had to move or finish on one of the days. So we just randomly ran into them when we were down at Hooverville um, doing the after-after party. The libations were flowing in this conversation. And also in this conversation, this is your first entry to her here on the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We got Ma Baker. And let me tell you something about Ma Baker, because she's going to have another episode. Her and her brother Richard are just some of the most fascinating people to talk about. Mariners baseball and classic baseballs, especially from like the 80s and and back into the 70s. This is somebody that actually went to a Pilots game. 
uh, been to a million Kingdom games. Uh, is always at the big games. Sometimes even gets a room at the Silver Cloud. You know, on like you know big weekends. Uh, this is one of my sister's friends' mothers. Um, have kind of kind of knew her, you know, in passing, but really got to sit down and chop it up with her over All Star Week and. We can't wait to have her back. Let's get to it. What's going on? What's the name? What's going down? Uh, well, I just uh, finished working a shift at the 50-50 raffle. We had almost close to 80 grand. No tickets were sold when Julio was batting out of Brooks Pet. <laughs> um, I'm drinking a big shot of whiskey to kind of get my nerves down. And it's amazing seeing Seattle as beautiful as it is right now. We put a little lipstick on this pig. And it is amazing. All-Star Week is phenomenal. I can't wait until next year so I can go to Texas. And we also have Ma Baker. Ma Baker's back. The Ma Baker is back, or maybe this is her first time on here. She's going to be on this podcast all the time because she's a Seattle Mariner legend. We love her. (laughs) We love her. So what do you guys want to talk about right now? I want to talk about Vlad Jr. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Man, you know, I was rooting for him because I had a huge crush on Senior back in the day Uh-oh. when he played for the Angels. Uh-oh. So it was really fun <laughs> to see Junior win. Well, he also swings like his dad. So, I mean, it's like getting, like, you know, the next grade, you know, the upgrade. Well, yeah, Dad won it. I don't know what year it was. And then and Junior won it tonight. So that was kind of fun. And I also feel he should have won it against Pete Alonso because, unfortunately, the same thing that happened to Julio, he went really hard. And by the time the final round happened, he was out of breath. And he was out. Of, he was just tired. Alonso sucks. Okay, it was horrible, <laughs> overrated, and terrible. Well, Mr. Rosarena, I gotta give him some love because he's our newest Mexican citizen. So he played for Team Mexico. So I give him a little bit of love just for that reason. I, yeah. I will say this: one thing about Alonzo, I saw him last year already get swept out of there by Julio. Your old news. He's yeah. back again. And what was on the line again was more that was what was on the line down against the Dodgers. Because against the Dodgers, all right, if he ties or breaks Griffey's record, we don't have the stat department. It's one of the two. All right, happens there. All right, yeah, it's a bummer or whatever. It happens here in Seattle. We're going to fucking riot, right? And it didn't happen, and that's why I'm happy about it. We also hate the Toronto Blue Jays around these parts. The Canadian Invasion, there's a reason why it's called that. I've never met the rudest group of fans, and I hang around Yankee fans. So what does that tell you? But here's the thing, though. Vlad, I mean, I understand he, he deserved to win, but we also swept him out of the playoffs. So I don't know if he thinks he had, like, something he had to prove something. But honestly, J-Rod, again, he got put up against Pete Alonso. He, he swung really hard. And I, I honestly think Julio will win it next year. I do. I firmly believe Julio will win it in Texas next year. How did you feel, Ma, when... Hulu hit that 41. Were you a little bit concerned or were you like, no, nah, he's going to fucking trudge through? Concerned. I was concerned. I was concerned, concerned as well. I was like, I think he might have swung too hard and he'll be out of breath for round two. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you sitting at, Ma? We were up at the 300 level just on the foul side of the foul pole. Um, but we had great seats. We could see the scoreboard and the whole field and the city. It was wonderful. Let me ask you this, Home Run Derby, back in the kingdom, what is this looking like? I never went. I don't know. but I, I mean, don't think they ever had it. I, yeah. So let's just, just imagine, what's it so, looking like? Yeah. It looks like nothing. I don't know. 
the ball off the back of the wall. Right, right. <laughs> off right. the sit go side. You know, and, and the stands are like, you know, yeah. off the field. Or the, off the Eagle Hardware sign at oh the back God. of the back of the wall. That was so terrible. Dude, would yeah. that play in the kingdom, do you think? The home run derby? Yeah. I mean, do you want to have an emergency exit situation? Is that what happened? <laughs> it, it, it just, I mean, you can't do aerial views. I don't know. You know, it wouldn't have been any fun. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nicole, if we want to do, like, a, a reenactment of the kingdom, we can go to the Tropicana and then, you know, do it from there. That's always an interesting, you know. I've always said this, and hear me out, especially my, the, and you've been, you, did you ever go in the kingdom? No, I never went to the kingdom. I was okay. in the Bay. I, I grew up around Candlestick Park. That, oh, well, that's another hologram. I watched football there. I never saw a game, uh, a baseball game there. So this one's more direct at you. Uh, and I've been pushing for this. I even talked to our good friend Tom Hutler, the Mariners announcer, when we had him on the pod. I know they, they love to do the 90s night. They, they have the... They love to do the 90s night. They love to do all of that shit. I would love it if they just said, hey, and they'd like to do throwback the clock, Kingdom Weekend. Kingdom prices, Kingdom shit, all kinds of, the weird Diamond Vision shit. What do you think yeah, about that, Ma? Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. So the closest and do thing it, And you know what? Do it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. They do all the promos and the giveaways on the weekend. Do it during the week. You want people to come to the game? Do it during the week. You know? <laughs> so anyway. the closest that's ever happened was when they did the throwback to the to the pilots, and they had 25 cent popcorn, um, 25 cent scorecard. They had hot dogs for a dollar. So that I went was to two games at Six Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two of them against the White Sox. Oh, yeah. I can't remember who. I can't remember who the, the, the team was. The last time they did it was with the Orioles. Was the last time they did the uh, the throwback to Shake Stadium? I'm not talking about a throwback. I'm talking about I was in Six Stadium. Oh, she was okay. there, oh, not, on the, I, not on the not on the peg line. My apologies. My apologies. 1969. I was there. And we had more of this conversation, but as you can hear, it was getting very, very loud. Uh, started to lose the end of this conversation, but I'm sure Perla will be back. We definitely got to talk to her and her boyfriend about their first date. And really hitting things off through meeting through a podcast. It might have been a Mariners podcast. I don't know if it was mine. I got to get to the bottom of that. And of course, Ma Baker is going to be back along with her brother, Richard, who, I mean, this guy has so many great stories. We just met him over at Tacos and Tequila, and I will be drilling this guy like offshore drilling, <laughs> drilling for oil. This guy's got so much good stuff along with Ma Baker. Um, at the end of this conversation, though, Perla had a book recommendation that didn't make it into the cut, so I just want to give a shout-out to that book. It is called Stealing Home, which is about um, the Dodgers taking away three vibrant American communities back in the 1950s when they were building uh, Dodger Stadium. Um, I've seen a documentary on it, but yes, again, that book recommendation is called Stealing Home. And bringing this episode on home is a guy who does not want to go by his name, does not want to give you his social media. He doesn't want you to know who he is, but he wants you to find him. Uh, so I'm going to give you a little bit of, I'm going to give you a couple of clues of where you can find him. You can usually find him out in the center field area, the bullpen area. You can't miss him. He's usually one, if not the only person dressed up in a full Mariners uniform can always look for the number 93 he's a really cool guy though i've 
seen him at many Mariners games, seen him at bars after the games. He's always been super nice and always has like some inside scoop going on around the stadium. After the All-Star game, he sat down with me, Danny Horton, and Carl, and we were just like, what's your deal? What's going on? How did this all start? We always know you wearing the uniform around, around uh, T-Mobile Park. What's the story behind that? So it all started in 2007. Uh, one day I just told my mom, I want to dress up like the players. My mom was like, what? So she bought me a jersey, and I just had a pair of white pants, soccer cleats that I had at the time. I just put it together, and then my mom was like, she she thought I'd do it for like one or two years. Little did she know. Um, I started doing it even after high school. My mom was like, you're getting too old for this, right? And I was like, no, like I'm a huge fan of the Mariners. <laughs> so one day when I was in the Army, I came back to a Mariners game, and at the time, I had more money I could ever imagine. So I bought a brand new jersey off the market. I had it customized. Now, when it came to choosing a name, um, I thought number one, but you know, everyone's number one, you know? So I was messing with some numbers and then I was like, nah, it just, seemed, it just seems like too fitting. What could I do that's just me? So one day I'm watching the movie Major League and noticed Charlie Great Sheen movie. had the number 99. And I'm like, you know, no one's got a 90s number. Okay, but what year, but what number? And then I was born 1993. I was like, perfect, 93. So that's what the 93 is all about. Yeah, that's what it means, the year I was born. So you have every Mariners current. You wear the teal, you wear the white, you got the blue. Do you have the City Connect yet? The City Connects are gonna be very tricky because they're like 500 for a jersey. The pants won't be easy to find. I used to have the Sunday creams, but they were actually stolen six years ago. So how'd they get stolen? They were stolen here in the park six years ago, believe it or not. Off your, were you wearing them and they stole them off you? Uh, I had them in a big brown bag. Okay, okay, okay. And I guess somebody saw them. And was like, damn, I need some baseball pants. I'm, I'm in a Sunday league. Uh, these are the right size. Somebody just took them for that. Uh, so you only wear. So when you're talking five hundred dollars, so you're only wearing the authentic shit. You're not wearing the replica stuff. Well, yeah, just not the city connects. Um, so far, I just have the white, the teals, and the uh, navy blue. But given the fact I am connected in the ballpark, as I said many times, a new tradition I discovered last year was that the pitchers can now choose the jerseys what they wear what day. It used to be one color start of a new series, but now the pitchers choose whatever they want. So the pitchers are choosing the pitchers are choosing what uniforms? Oh, the, the starting pitching, or is it just the? Or do they have like a? Do they make a vote together, and and is that how it works? Um, it's just the uh, the starting pitchers. You know, they choose what day. Um, the first pitchers to do this were Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, and Chris Flexen. Wow, who is. Uh, who has been traded recently, of course. Right. And then everyone just followed suit, and there it went. Where were you stationed? Uh, at Joint Base Lewis McCord. Oh, okay. Which is where I was born, no oh, less. Oh, wow. I was a medical admin specialist. It was a job, but, you know, it was still a job. And trust me when I say, when I say I've seen quite a few things not many people can stomach. 
When you were in the military, were you still following the Mariners closely? Were you, were you able to do that? Oh, yeah. You know, even um, when I was in basic training, whenever I would write my mom and dad letters from home, I would always tell them, please send me a, a league chart to see where the Mariners were. Right. And my mom was kind of forgetful. My dad would always send me Mariners. He would even send me Giants because I'm also a fan of the San Francisco Giants. Not because of the uh, World Series they won, but because uh, growing up, it was San Francisco Giants, Niners, who I'm not a fan of. I'm a fan of the Seattle Seahawks through and through. Yeah, that's right. But I give a little support to the Niners because my grandpa passed away as a Niners fan. So out of respect, but yeah, Seahawks a lot all the of people like my grand my grandpa was a Niners fan too because the Seahawks, you know, ex- existed. Yeah, pre Seahawks. There you go. What, what, what did you have to add there? Yeah, pre-Seahawks, a lot of people in Seattle were 49er fans before the Seahawks yeah. ever existed. And the only time I ever find that out is when, like, the Niners and the Super Bowl and the Seahawks aren't, and people started breaking out their Niners shit. Like, my Uncle Bo did that, and I was like, what the fuck is this all about? And they're like, well, you got to remember in the 70s and 60s. It's just remnants from a, yeah, from a bygone era. It is. Um, so... When you're wearing the jersey out there, I noticed a lot of people, uh, you know, know you over there. Um, remember last year, I wanted to talk to you about this because this is a hard-hitting shit. Remember when all the guys dressed up like the 95 M's? What did you think about that? And I feel like you should have been included in that. That's my personal opinion. All right. So, like I said, uh, I started doing my thing in 07, carried on. When I saw them... Um, I was surprised. Like, these guys look like them, somewhat. Um, I've tried to join them, but they were already, like, their own thing. But you know what? They were nice about it, and I got to meet them, take a few pictures with them. And just like them, I was also on the uh, sports center separately because they were in the uh, bleachers. I was in the pens. And you figure, because the pictures are in the pens, people were asking me, you know, why like are you allowed to be out here? You might get in trouble. And I would just say, I'm just a fan. Yeah. I'm not I'm not with the team. Get him a drink. Could have been. So what I did. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I get mistaken for a player all the time. People buy me drinks. I try to be careful about it, but then again, right at Mary's game, we're winning, whatever the case. Uh on my birthday in 2021, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, I had, and, uh, some of the bartenders did give me a free drinks. I'm not gonna say who. I had 16 drinks, most of it beer, but towards the end, I went hard. Had me some Jack and Coke and stuff. And um, even the cops, when they saw me, they were like, are you gonna drive home? I was like, who can drive? We can catch the bus. I have no recollection getting home that night, but I woke up in bed, still in my Mariners gear. Were you wearing your shoes? Uh, are you wearing cleats you with wearing the cleats? uniform? Yeah. Or, or? So the cleats, um, yes, I am wearing cleats, but they are rubber soles. Um, they actually, I don't know if you've seen them, on the, on the lip, they have the uh, Major League logo, and they are Under Armour. They're uh, gray and black, just uh, retro classics. Um, I bought them one day in uh, Big Five in 2015, 
I'm surprised they still fit because, you know, I wear them six months out of the year and then I put them away and then bring them out again. Nice. So what did you think about the All-Star Weekend? Easy softball question to, to wrap this up. What did you think about the All-Star Weekend here in Seattle? What was your favorite? What was the biggest takeaways? Okay. So the All-Star Week, oh, to the game, you know, the last one we had here, I was maybe seven years old. I didn't go to it, unfortunately, but I saw it on TV. Today... It was different. It didn't feel like we were in Seattle, you know? It felt like we were somewhere else. I had so many fans wearing different team hats and jerseys, T-shirts, even fans from the cities where the teams were from. Um, the takeaway was seeing opposing players, including Astros players in our uh, bullpen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was amazing when they got booed. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, totally. And the fact that... By the time I got to the game, it was the bottom of the fourth, and the fact that I still got a ball after the game, because every time I, 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 I go to a game, I always catch a ball, but nine times out of ten, I give them to children, but this one, forgive me for all the haters, uh, whatever, I had to keep this one, you know, because it's a commemorative Why, all-star yeah, game ball. I would ball. not be giving that away. Do you want to mention who gave it to you or no? Yes, so the one that gave this to me was Fleming Baez, the Mariners' bullpen catcher, who I've known since 2015. He's a hella so cool dude. We're pretty good hella friends. Cool. He's hella oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And that was number 93. And, uh, you know, after we pressed stop on the recording, we kept on talking about, um, I think Ma Baker had showed up back up at that point, And we were talking about uh, weather, like on opening days and stuff like that. And we happened to be talking about when it snowed. Um, believe on an opening day or the beginning of the year and he was like they were exchanging pictures to show them like themselves bundled up and he happened to show me the picture and I realized hey that person in the picture with Mr. Number 93 was looks pretty familiar it turns out it was Perla and I was like is that who's this and he said that's my cousin Perla so without knowing we interviewed two cousins on this podcast anyways i hope you've enjoyed this episode of tacos and tequila volume two look out for volume three which might drop this weekend we got to get back into some mariners this friday when the next episode drops but possibly on the weekend we might draw ma baker and richard's episode if not we might hold on to that for till next week but coming out next tuesday july 25th it is the Jim Copacino. You got to love these guys. Soto Mojo Memories episode dropping next Tuesday. With that being said, Hannah. Oh, God damn it. I did it to myself again. Myron, you need to answer yourself. You know what time it is. Oh, I should have got the trombone king for this part. Anyways, charge.